was an Easter hymn. That brief little hymn there was an Easter hymn. Filled with all the power of the resurrection. You see 29 names in the bulletin. That's how many have passed to heaven in this past year. And there are another 10 not in the bulletin. Relatives of yours, friends of yours, that services were granted to. And every time one of those services occurred, some 40 of them in the last 52 weeks, including dear Cynthia Yarger's mother yesterday, every time they occurred, an Easter proclamation was delivered. Forty times in 52 weeks we celebrated an Easter. For at every one of those services we proclaimed them safe in heaven, and us of a morning waking up, bringing us one day closer to them again. My heart goes out to those who in the last year or two, three, ten, have lost loved ones to heaven. We get ever closer to seeing them again. Two weeks ago when we started Faith Forward, Fast Forward, the theme was faith. Do you have faith in God? That he's not a fairy tale figure, that he's absolutely real. And if you have faith in God that he's real, do you have faith in his promises? Whether that promise is everlasting life after this life, or whether that promise is your sins are forgiven, removed as far as the east is from the west, or the promise, Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age, or the promise... 365 times in the Bible, do not be afraid. Two weeks ago, faith in God. Last week, trust. And if one trusts God, then they obey. If you trust your parents, you obey. If you trust the police officer, you obey. If you trust the fireman when he says, get out of the house, then you get out of the house. If you trust God, then it leads to obedience. Abraham trusts God, leaves his father's one million dollar inheritance. We could have used a million for the pledge program, right? He leaves his father's one million dollar inheritance. And he goes knowing not where he's going. Where are we going, Lord? You don't need to know where we're going. Just trust that I'm leading you on the path. Trust and obey. And this week, for about ten minutes... I want to share a message entitled, Prioritizing He Gave Talents to Them. Six weeks now, Christmas. If you ask a child or a grandchild, which Christmas? Hope with all your hearts that out of their lips comes the word, the baby Jesus. Christmas is a baby Jesus. It's the angels announcing his birth. One hopes with all your hearts that out of their lips comes the spiritual. About the baby Jesus. But there's another side of children. And when you ask him about Christmas, talk about presents. Papa, here's my list. Well, aren't you a little bit early? Well, no, no. Here's my list. Mom, Dad, here's my list. Well, I didn't even ask you to start a list yet. Yeah, yeah, but we know it's coming, so here's my list. You don't have to ask me. 
Funny thing with Christmas gifts, right? Uh, after a week or two, half of them are broken. You know, they say, go ahead and send it in if it breaks, but you don't, you don't mess with that. It's either broken or a month later, it's old news. Peppa Pig is old news. And it's sitting there at the back of the closet waiting for the rummage sale in the spring. And Christmas gifts, they are brief in their pleasure and endurance. God gives gifts to his children in two categories. One is inviolable. Bible says it's a perfect gift, the perfect gift. And when the Bible talks about the perfect gift, it's talking about Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem. It's talking about Jesus, Savior of the world. It's talking about Jesus on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and our eternal salvation. The Bible talks about two categories of gifts. The perfect gift, Jesus. And then it talks about other gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 Use whatever gift. Use whatever gift God has given you to serve others, faithfully passing out God's grace in its various forms. I'll not reread what Pastor Shower read. I'll give you the historical background, however, very briefly. When Jesus is speaking the parable of talent. He's looking the scribes and Pharisees right in the eyeball. And maybe they're looking back, or maybe knows they're talking about him, so they don't look at him, they're just taking notes. One more thing will, that will enable us to crucify him. When he's speaking the parable, he gets the man with the one talent, talking about the scribes and Pharisees. The greatest intellects you can ever imagine. The greatest intellects you can ever imagine they have the law of Moses down pat they memorize it they live by it they die by it they swear by it the law is their god it is their idol the law is so perfect they had 618 to clarify the laws that Moses gave and the scribes and Pharisees have taken the telling God has given them the great intellect and they have buried it in the ground because they thought their purpose was to build a fence around the law. No one can touch the law. It cannot be spoken against. It get, cannot be added to. It cannot be subtracted from. Jesus said it this way, Mark 7, 6 through 8. These people worship me with their lips. So did the scribes and Pharisees. But their hearts are far from me. In vain they worship me, holding up the traditions of the fathers, neglecting the commands of God. And what were the commands of God given to the scribes and Pharisees and every human being that lives on this earth? What is the command of God? The command of God is this, Micah 6, 8, that you act justly, that you love showing mercy, and that you walk humbly with your God. Justice, mercy, humility. Scribes and Pharisees build a fence around the law of Moses. And they build a fence around their lives. 
There comes an episode, Mark chapter 3, verse 5. A man with a withered hand comes. Either he is born that way, or some chariot uh, ran over his hand and crushed it. He comes to Jesus and he holds out his hand. Says, Jesus, this is my one opportunity. I might not ever see you again. Can you heal my hand? Scribes and Pharisees are there, the ones who build a fence around the law. And they're looking straight at Jesus and they're saying loud enough for Jesus to hear, he dare not touch that man, it is the Sabbath day. Bible says Jesus looked at them in anger. Because of all the talent God had given them intellectually, and with all the power they had, he looked at them in anger, Hand. Hold out your hand. I will heal it for you. In the very next verse it says, From that moment on, scribes and Pharisees sought his death. That's the historical background of the parable. God has given you gifts. Be broken, yes. The gifts God has given you Talents he has given you, athletic, intellectually, music, mercy, compassion, administration, the list goes on and on. As many people are represented that God has bestowed. Can they be broken? Yes, just like Christmas gifts can be broken. They can be broken. How? They can be broken by laziness. God gives you a great gift, and you're too lazy to do anything with it. Bible speaks about it, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. Stay away from those who are lazy and follow doctrines of living contrary to doctrine you see from us. Laziness can break the gift God has given. Arrogance and pride can break it. You have this great but your nose is so high up in the air and you have such a judgmental, critical nature towards other people you have wasted the gift. No one can give you. No one do desire. How else can it be broken? Addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, on and on. It can break the gift God has given you. Jeremiah 18.4 The pot became marred in the potter's hand. He shaped it into a vessel that seemed best to him. The talents and gifts and abilities God gives us can be ruined by our human nature, by Satan. But God doesn't throw the pot away. He doesn't throw away. He didn't throw away the scribes and Pharisees. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Acts chapter 6, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, it says in Acts chapter 6, after Peter preached at Pentecost, Many of the priests came to a faith in him. God reshaped them. And all of a sudden the talents they had were now being used for his kingdom. Can you break the gifts God has given you? Yes. Can you restore? Yes. God gives you three gifts. Time. One of the children in that list, five months old when he went to heaven. Another child, a baby, Carter Camp Johnson. 
Romanski, 102 years of age. She's on the list. You got people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. David Arndt, 49. You got people on that list that stretched the decades. God gave them time. My question with regards to the parable and prioritized this. The time God gives you, do you fence it in? Do you fence it in? Do you say, this is my time on this earth? As a minister, does a minister say, my time is from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? That's when you can get a hold of me. But you can't get a hold of me before then or after. That's my time. Parochial school teachers, teachers say, my time is from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and then I'm off limits. The police and the fire, I'm off limits. I help nobody unless it's in my scheduled time. Do you build a fence around your time? Do you say, my time is mine? No one messes with it. I sit this afternoon and watch the Bears and the Eagles, and then if I want to watch the Cowboys, whoever else is on, three and a half hours later, then I'm going to do that. If I want to drink a six-pack of beer while I'm doing it, none of your business. My time is mine. I fence it in. That what you do. When the pastor says, why don't you shovel the next door neighbor's driveway, or why don't you bake an apple pie if they just had surgery done, and why don't you bring it over, do you roll your eyes and say, my time is mine. I'll do with it what I desire. And then there's other people who with their time, there's no limit. They volunteer to the blue in their face. They pass someone on the street downtown Chicago looking for money to hand over a couple of bucks. They never stop showing mercy, grace, kindness. Second gift, talents. Talents, each one different. We each have different occupations. I love it when an athlete winning the World Series, driving in the winning run, does not say, what a grand moment for me. Rather, he grabs the microphone and says, Savior. A football player winning a championship does not grab the microphone and say, are all the spotlights on me? Are they shining on me? Is everyone listening to me? He holds the microphone and gives glory to God. For the talents that he has. And when you listen to an athlete and you ask him, what's the greatest part of being the star that you are? And he says, the greatest part is going to a hospital and visiting children there. To see the looks on their face when, when they come walking in. And my ability to help them. And my ability to use my talents camps for these kids in the inner cities without charging them fees. You're telling abilities. You build a fence around. And the last one is our treasures. Treasures. The treasures are sitting right next to you. The ultimate treasures are sitting right next to you. The family and friends God has in your life. But I'll get down to the money, okay? 
okay? The money you have, your, your paycheck. Do you build a fence around it? Do you sit and say, only 7% of Christians tithe, so I'm in good company, man. 93% of us don't. The money's mine. I went to Harvard Law School. I went to the U of I. I worked hard. I got it. I have connections. The money's mine. The job is mine. The job isn't yours. The job is given you by God. And your money, do you fence it in? It's my money. If I want to use it for a summer house, for a boat... If I want to use it for trips, it's mine. Leave my money alone. You talk about too much, you ain't going to see me in this building very often. Paul Strand, 45 years ago, did what Dad wisely told him to do, start tithing. I said, Dad, Connie and I just married. I said, tithe. Flywheel breaks on the car. One week later, we're down to 100 bucks. He says, tithe. 90% you keep. Put that fence around 90%. But open up the gates of the other 10. I should have stopped to. There is a woman, a Jackie Genius, sitting right there. She's already turning red in the face. Okay. Last week, Emily Williams up here talking about our school international and that one phrase that she used. It's just wrong that a small fraction of the world has so much food and, and a large fraction has so little. That's just wrong. Jackie Genius is going to talk about two ministries here. What LWML, the mission work that it does, it's just the opposite of and it explodes things out. Let's talk about the ministry of the choirs and the handbell. One of our members said, Pastor, why did you show the video? My apologies, I should have explained it. I'm not giving my pledge to a roof. If we're just giving our money to a roof or fire alarm system, shut down the building, please. But if we're giving our gifts so that these ministries can continue on, then give the gift with great prayer and excitement. Timothy. video. For 160 years, Trinity Lutheran has proclaimed the most important message mankind could ever receive. Not that one. Thank you, Tim. When I came to Trinity about 12 years ago, I came with my parents. My mom was always in LWML. I was always helping her in the background. I really didn't know exactly what it was. I knew it was a bunch of women together with a missionary project or something. After she passed away, I, I was more active and I went to a convention and that just changed my whole life there. It was just a bunch of women praising God, pastors and Bible study leaders. It was just awesome. And it's Lutheran Women's Missionary League. Started during the war. The women got together to start a mission at home because of the, the war. It was here in Chicago was the first national meeting per se. And they started with a mite box. And back in the story, the lady that gave the two mites, you put coins in a box, that money goes into a bank account. And then most of it goes to our district to pay for our grants, 75% of it. 
and then the other 25% goes up to uh, national. So all the districts are doing that and sending their 25% up to national, and they end up paying over $2 million in grants. That are, and I think there's 20 grant recipients this year. Churches, we've helped Bible translators. We've sent them money for grants. We went down to Phil's Friends in Crown Point. We've made dresses out of pillowcases and sent to Africa. Christ Lutheran Church in Orland, they, they make quilts that they go out to Africa with the quilts. A lot of stuff gets done here behind the scenes. The person that took my mom's spot on the board was, um, it was Vice President of Organizational Resources. She moved south and left the district. So Jan Maurer called me and asked if I would step in in my, kind of like my mom's spot. So, and that's what I did. And I was a vice president for three years. I took the last one and then I ran one time. I joined the choir about five years ago. I've loved it. It's like a small group. There's the devotion before, prayers, camaraderie, friendship, and we sing, and it's just all to the glory of God. I just think it's music. Some people like to hear the music and the words, and that's what I make sure is that we enunciate our words when we sing the music so that um, it does get through. And I think it helps a lot of people spiritually. They People come up and you know thank us. To me, it's like I'm just singing God's praises. And when I started with my parents when they were when they were still alive, and I'd come to a service and the bells were just I I didn't even know what they were until I came and heard them. Then I learned how to play them. I think they're beautiful, and it's not too difficult. It's just counting. If you can count up to eight, you're good. <laughs> they also spread the word. There's no words, but you know the words in your head, and you're singing them. I love the church, I love the pastors. Everyone cares about each other. You can see it, people are hugging in the back of the church when church is over and we have our um, fellowship afterwards and it's not like everybody runs out of the church. A lot of people just sit in back and talk and I think that's just part of being in the faith together. That we love each other. Generosity I think is not just money, I think it's also loving and caring and kindness. We should be kind. If we're Christians, we don't have to be kind. We don't have to be good to get to heaven, but we should be good because we are Christians and we want to show our love and God's love through our generosity. <laughs> well, I think fast forward just means going out in the future and I think that Trinity has a great way to go out there because they have all ages, all type of nationalities and races and I think we can reach out in the community and I think that in fast forwarding, this can be a bigger church. I think the choir, hopefully it'll just get grow and grow and grow. I don't have a great voice, but I love to sing. So I hope people will come out and sing with me. <laughs> LWML, she has 30 or 40 women here a week to do projects and write cards or whatever they can do, if they can sew or crochet. When they see what, what it's about, I think that's going to grow big time. I'm excited about the future. Thank you, Jackie. It's from the heart. I love about these videos. From the heart. If Trinity were to say we're going to fence ourselves in, we're going to exist for ourselves, God would have put an end to this church a long, long time ago. 
But as long as Trinity is saying, God, we're going to open up the fences, streams of living water, His blessing will continue. Heavenly Father, sanctify your people, sanctify this church and school for the sake of the kingdom. In our Savior's name, amen.